This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I have to tell you, I've been geeking out on this topic, which is kind of a bizarre thing to get excited about. But I love this topic. And more importantly, this is a topic that we're going to be talking about today that applies to every single business owner out there. I don't care if you are the one person shop in your spare room in the basement or a multi gazillion dollar company. This topic applies to you. So I really hope that people are listening in and watching us and will get a lot of great tips and information from my guest. And so please join me in welcoming Evan Neerman to our program today. Welcome, Evan. Good morning. I'm so excited to be with you and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So as founder and CEO at Red Banyan, Evan brings high-level expertise in public relations, crisis management, marketing, online media, international relations, and public affairs. Throughout his career, he has provided strategic communications counsel to top business leaders, government officials, presidential candidates, and even private individuals. So again, Evan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's get after it. I know, I know. So what we're really going to be talking about throughout the program is crisis communications. But I want to know a little bit about how you got to where you are today and how you discovered that this really is your passion in life. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, my my story really starts in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I moved to Washington at the age of, I guess, 18 to attend school at Mm -hmm. George Washington University. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be in Washington because one of my earliest, most important mentors was my grandfather, Mm -hmm. Neil Nierman. Mm -hmm. And he was a very patriotic guy. Mm -hmm. He'd served in World War II. Mm -hmm. And he really believed that his life showcased the American dream. Mm -hmm. And so he felt really indebted to to the country and was proud of Mm -hmm. the United States. And so he took each of his grandsons, he had six grandsons. Mm-hmm. He took each of us on a trip with my, with he and my grand, mm-hmm. grandmother to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. at a young age to introduce us to Washington. Mm-hmm. He was a student at, at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And so I really fell in love with D.C. on that mm-hmm. trip with my grandparents. And so when it came time to apply for schools, I went, I knew I wanted to be in Washington. Mm-hmm. So I applied to one school in Boston, three in Washington. Mm-hmm. Went to D.C., studied communications. And my first job was actually in the advocacy space. I was working okay. for a, a an organization that, that was related to Middle East policy, American mm-hmm. Middle East policy, and just had a great experience mm-hmm. there. And as you mentioned in your intro to this segment, the best organizations, good people, salt mm-hmm. of the earth <laughs> individuals, at some point, 
-hmm. will inevitably come on a hard time or a tough situation. Mm -hmm. And so while I was there, there was actually a a crisis situation. Mm -hmm. And because I was the most senior in-house communications person, Mm -hmm. I got to work with the outside crisis consultants Ah. who came in Mm -hmm. and assisted the organization. Mm -hmm. And so right away, I decided, you know, this is where I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. do. And so I'd already been at the organization about seven years and Mm -hmm. I was kind of reaching the end of that tenure. Mm -hmm. And I knew crisis communications is what I want to do next. So I left and went to work at a crisis communications firm. Mm-hmm. They were LA based. I opened their DC office mm-hmm. and we had some really amazing clients. Mm-hmm. We had some foreign governments. We had high profile CEOs. We had some celebrities. Mm-hmm. And I spent a year and a half doing that in Washington and loved the clients, loved the work, didn't love the culture of the organization. Mm, that happens. It does happen. And you know what I I'm one of these big believers that you learn more from the things that go wrong mm-hmm, than the things right. that go right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I sort of tucked away in my head at the time. I said, you know what? I love this work. Mm-hmm. I really love being able to help people, help organizations. It's a diverse set of issues you get mm-hmm. to deal with. The the stakes are high. You've really got to be on point mm-hmm. every day. You got to show up ready to deliver. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we did this differently and if I had my own firm Mm -hmm. and I got to pick and choose our clients Mm -hmm. and we got to treat our clients in a, in a really respectful, Mm -hmm. dedicated way Mm -hmm. versus treating them like a piggy bank. Mm -hmm. And I sort of tucked that away and said, well, one day I hope to have my own Mm -hmm. firm. And then, you know, life happens Mm -hmm. and things don't go quite as planned. And I had an opportunity to actually move away from Washington and move Ah. to Florida Mm -hmm. to work at a startup. Mm -hmm. So I went in-house. I did that for a year and a half. I saw the organization really take off. Mm-hmm. And then I also watched it come apart at the seams. Oh, no. Again, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you learn more from the, from the tough mm-hmm. things that happen to you than the good ones. Mm-hmm. And I was at a crossroads in my life. Mm-hmm. And my wife was uh, at home with our kids at that point. She mm-hmm. had a really great career in, in communications, consulting, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And she'd been home with the kids. We had mm-hmm. a two-year-old and an infant. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to leave the startup. Mm-hmm. And I had really two choices. Go back to Washington right, or go out on my own mm-hmm. and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So my wife, Robin, was very understanding. And she put her faith in me. And I just said, look, give me one year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to, I'm going to just, I, after two organizations in a row where I was really relying on someone else mm-hmm. to set the course of my career, I really just need to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. and I need to, you know, if it succeeds, well, that's because of me. Mm-hmm. And if it fails, well, that's also because right. of me. Mm-hmm. I have no one to blame but myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started Red Banyan a little mm-hmm. over 10 years ago mm-hmm. with the idea that I wanted to do communications consulting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on crisis communications, mm-hmm. but I wanted to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. That was 10 years ago. With, when I started it, we had zero clients. Mm-hmm. I had no team members. It was just me mm-hmm. uh, sitting at a card table in our guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. And you know, 10 years later, we've got offices in LA, New York, mm-hmm. Washington, South Florida, a couple of other locations, a person in Atlanta, which mm-hmm. I know is your backyard. And our team is approaching 25. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's been a an interesting, fascinating journey. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I that's how I wound up here doing this. I love it. Well, you know, one of the first things I want to talk about is what is the definition of a crisis? Because I think so many people think it's the sky is falling type of thing. You know, something like let's be honest, a, a pandemic was was clearly a crisis for many companies. Um, fire, you know, all sorts of major things. But what what is the definition of a crisis? Yeah, for a company, it's a great question. And you're right. A lot of people just assume incorrectly that when you use that word crisis, mm-hmm. you're referring to something that is catastrophic right. or existential, mm-hmm. where if it, it could end the business mm-hmm. or end the life. Mm-hmm. And yes, those are crises. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that a crisis is is any challenge mm-hmm. that has the organization focused on a topic mm-hmm. or an issue that they don't really want to be focused upon. Right. Something that's negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be something as, as small as a, a negative review mm-hmm. 
on glassdoor.com. Mm-hmm. It could be a disgruntled <laughs> employee mm-hmm. spreading false rumors about mm-hmm. you. It doesn't have to be a bet the farm, high mm-hmm. stakes, sky is falling right. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's any challenge that forces an organization to be paying attention mm-hmm. to something and talking about something mm-hmm. that they would prefer they weren't discussing. Right. right. You know, and I think the key for many people to think about, especially, you know, the, the small business owners who are thinking, eh, you know, this, this is not a big deal, is really one bad review on, you know, one of the, the sites can blossom, can turn into, you know, something horrific and it ultimately cost you your business. You know, and and so, you know, one employee that goes out and says, you know, something negative, I mean, all these various things, and clearly it can happen anywhere. It can be a nonprofit, it can be a, a, a for-profit business, volunteer organizations, all those various things. And, you know, my background, and, and I shared this with you when we were chatting before, is crisis communications and crisis management. So that's part of why I geek out over this. Um, but the biggest thing that I learned very, very early on was that little Boy Scout motto, be prepared. So talk to us a little bit about how companies can even be thinking about what do we do, not if, but when. Right. Well, I also subscribe to that same motto and Mm -hmm. I invoke it many times talking with our clients. And you're absolutely right. Being prepared is is really critical. Mm -hmm. And so someone who's listening may be thinking, well, what are you talking about? It's mm-hmm. a crisis. It comes out of nowhere. Right. How do you, you can't plan for, for that. You can't mm-hmm. plan for everything. You can't plan for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. But I would say, actually, you can't. Mm-hmm. And it is actually very rare that a crisis happens mm-hmm. that is like a bolt of lightning out right. of a clear sky. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of 10, mm-hmm. you can actually predict with a high degree of certainty, mm-hmm. what types of situation mm-hmm. your organization is likely to face. Mm-hmm. That may be because of the industry you're in. Right. So let's just use a, let's, I don't know, put me on the spot, come up with an industry, throw um, something at me. Manufacturing. Manufacturing. Okay. That's a great one. And, and contrary to a lot of uh, public discussion right now, American manufacturing, by the way, this is not a political statement, but mm-hmm. American manufacturing is not dead. There right. are plenty of manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, working in the United States. Mm-hmm. So manufacturing companies, I think that's a that's a great example. Mm-hmm. So what could possibly go wrong if you're a manufacturer? Well, I can tell you based on our experience mm-hmm. working with manufacturers mm-hmm. and also um, a student of crisis communications, what could go wrong? One, you could have any one of a number of situations that any company could face. Mm-hmm. And that could be in the general category, Mm -hmm. non-specific to their industry, employee issues, reviews, Mm -hmm. bad customer service, Mm -hmm. a data breach, the website gets hacked, all those types of things, Mm -hmm. workplace violence. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are industry agnostic and Mm -hmm. they, they are something that every organization needs to be Mm -hmm. prepared for, but industry specific manufacturing. So obviously you could have the risk of a death on Mm -hmm. the job. Mm-hmm. A severe injury. Mm-hmm. You could have a situation where there's a safety concern, mm-hmm. where a, an employee blows the whistle on unsafe conditions mm-hmm. within the manufacturing facility. You could have vandalism that takes place, where mm-hmm. you could have an individual who, on purpose, sabotages some of the products mm-hmm. that are coming off that manufacturing line. Those are the types of situations mm-hmm. that you're likely to face right. if you're a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, that gives you the ammunition you mm-hmm. need to prepare, as mm-hmm. you said, to be prepared. And so it's actually not so complicated to anticipate mm-hmm. and to have a good, clear idea of what are the types of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Now, the specifics, they're going to vary right. situation to situation. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we, we assisted a manufacturing client once where an individual was, I don't want to get too graphic on this show, mm-hmm. but let's just say the individual disrobed and performed certain activities oh that contaminated Eek. the oh. products on the Eek. line. Eek. Mm-hmm. So you can use your imagination. There are yeah, a couple of different ways we, that yeah. could mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. But either way, 
there Not was good. a mm-hmm. damage that was done to the mm-hmm. product and it was caught on video and that of video course. got leaked mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that there are situations like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing where I thought you were going with this, in addition to being prepared, mm-hmm. this is really critical for people to understand when it comes to a crisis is you cannot afford to ignore it. Right. You cannot simply hope and wish mm-hmm. that you weren't going through mm-hmm. it. You can feel bad for yourself, mm-hmm. but self-pity will do nothing to right. address the situation. You get about at hand. 30 seconds of that. Maybe. It used to be 30. Maybe it's like 25 now. Yeah. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being prepared is, mm-hmm. is the best way to get ahead of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And then if you haven't taken the steps to prepare, mm-hmm and you're you're on the receiving end mm-hmm. well then it it it's really relying on smart mm-hmm. strategic action mm-hmm. in order to address the the crisis whether that right. means bringing in an outside expert mm-hmm. someone like you or mm-hmm. me to to assist mm-hmm. or utilizing the in-house capabilities mm-hmm. either way failure to act mm-hmm. is not a choice right yeah because it's it is so easy for it to grow a life of its own and i think that's what we have seen with so many things that happen is you know there's there's that that whole big thing with you know when there's a vacuum people fill it and so if the company or the individual doesn't respond other people do and unfortunately, they might be correct or they might be wrong, um, you know, and, and so it, it's funny. One of the things that, that you know, now it's, I don't hear it so much now, but when I first started doing uh, social media and, and we work with companies on social media as a business tool, because it is, it's a marketing tool, right. just like everything else. I would have companies say to me, oh, I don't want a Facebook page because someone might say bad things. And, and I would look at them and I would smile sweetly and I would say, they may already be, so don't you want to be there to handle it? And sometimes they took me up on it and sometimes they didn't. Um, but, but yeah, you want to already be there. And as we said, be prepared. Yeah, well, in this case, you know, ignorance may be bliss, mm-hmm. but ignorance could also be deadly. And right. to your point, mm-hmm. if you're not at least aware, mm-hmm. now you a business owner can make a decision mm-hmm. and it is a decision. Mm-hmm. Deciding right. to do nothing is mm-hmm. still a decision. But if you're not even aware of mm-hmm. what's going on and you're not familiar with the conversation, mm-hmm. then you're at risk. Mm-hmm. And you know what you don't know can hurt you mm-hmm. and it will. And inevitably... You know, I, I'm sure when people tell you now, oh, I don't want to have a Facebook page or I don't want to be public because someone may say something bad, I presume that you tell them, well, no, someone will say something right. bad. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. Right. So let's get ahead of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and yeah, there, there's obviously just basics to being prepared. <clears throat> you need to actually decide what you're going to do. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so one of the things is, you know, maybe you need, and obviously this depends on, on what you do and, and kind of how big you are, you know, somebody, a very, very small business, this might not apply to, but you might need a media spokesperson who is going to be the face of what you're doing and, you know, and, and, and have them properly trained. I mean, that's the other key in this, you know, five media outlets shove a, a microphone in your face. Are you going to stand there and go, Ugh. Or are you going to be able to respond? Well, well, you are, unless you've prepared, right. Right. unless you've oh, yes. been trained by mm-hmm. someone who, who mm-hmm. knows how to do it, has mm-hmm. done it before and has helped train others. Mm-hmm. Right. And we see it happen all the time where oh, some, yeah. an individual mm-hmm. or a company has a problem mm-hmm. and they don't anticipate mm-hmm. that that microphone is going to get shoved mm-hmm. on their face or where we've told them, look, you're, you're, you, you could have a situation where some, mm-hmm. somebody with a camera is going to knock on your door. Mm-hmm. And the reaction most of the time is, come on, that right. would never, ah. let's not mm-hmm. be dramatic, won't mm-hmm. happen. And guess what? It happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, I worked for a big company one time and, and I was the head of their crisis communications. And our CEO was one of the most articulate, educated men. I mean, he, but, but he also knew he did not respond well with rapid fire questions. And which, you know, easily happens in a a crisis. And so we worked on media training with him, but he himself, and I love that he he recognized this himself. He said, 
I'm not the right person to be the ultimate face. Actually, I say that wrong. He was the ultimate face of, of you know, the, the company. But he knew what his role was, was to say, hi, you know, uh, give, give a brief introduction, brief statement, and then turn it over to our CFO, who actually was incredibly good at responding quickly and being able to answer those questions and, and things like that. And so sometimes it's not the head of an organization, it's someone else. And in many cases, it is it is knowing when, as you said, to hire someone like you to get out in front of it, to be that media spokesperson, to be able to say, okay, here's what, what we're going to be doing. Absolutely. And one of the key activities that takes place when you when you engage a crisis management firm mm-hmm. to come in and prepare you in advance. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the best time to be doing your crisis management work is before you actually have right. a crisis. Yeah, it's, it's not, like buying a raincoat yeah. mm-hmm. before it rains. Mm-hmm. Once right. it's raining, it's too late. You're, mm-hmm. you're getting wet trying to buy mm-hmm. your raincoat. Mm-hmm. And one of the key activities that actually happens as a part of that process mm-hmm. is helping the organization determine who should be mm-hmm. in a limited group that mm-hmm. is your crisis response team mm-hmm. and who should play that role mm-hmm. of spokesperson. Right. And I, and I think your observation is, is dead on. You, that individual, he may have been the head of the organization. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the authority lay mm-hmm. within his portfolio, he was the buck stopped there. Mm-hmm. And yet that does not always mean that the mm-hmm. CEO or whoever has mm-hmm. the biggest title necessarily should be the person right. out front. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have other people, especially, you know, in the example you gave, if you have a CFO, mm-hmm. someone else in the C-suite, and it doesn't even need to be in the C-suite, mm-hmm. someone with, with real, right. mm-hmm. a, a leadership position mm-hmm. of any type, mm-hmm and or an expertise in the issue that's mm-hmm. really at the crux of what's going on. Right. That individual mm-hmm. having the skills and the experience to engage with the press mm-hmm. and to field questions and to think on his or her feet mm-hmm. and to be able to stay composed mm-hmm. as rapid fire questions are mm-hmm. coming in, that is much more important than having the most senior individual right. as the one who who has been appointed or mm-hmm. anointed as your spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and as I mentioned, I started doing crisis communications 30 years ago. Um, and one of the first things that I learned was to always remember that the media is just doing their job. You know, and, and and now, fortunately, when I started in this business, it was long before we had social media. You know, and and so the media that I was dealing with were the television reporters, the the the, the main beat writers, people like that. They're doing a job, and they want to do a good job. And you know, and, and they and they want to provide the right information. Now, you know, we're not talking about the the sensational journalist type of people, but the people who really are interested in in doing a good job. And you've written a great book. It's called Crisis Averted, um, PR Strategies to Protect Your Reputation and the Bottom Line. And one of the things that you talked about in it that I liked was to say, you know, you need to treat them with respect and, and, and realize that, yes, they are doing their job. And so when you say, hey, here's, here's the, the information that we have to give to you, especially if it's, you know, off camera is a little bit easier to, to do things like this. To be able to say, okay, here's here's the information from our side. They do want both sides. They don't want to get it wrong. That's the key. They don't want right. to have to backtrack on their stories. Um, so to be able to say, okay, here's the situation. We want to make sure that you have all of the facts from, usually it's two sides, um, but we want to make sure that you have the facts from our side. A good reporter appreciates that. They, Like I said, they don't want to have to backtrack and go, ooh, we got this one wrong. <laughs> You're right, 100%. And I, I do think, you know, it's unfortunate that in this current hyper-partisan mm-hmm. political climate, in an age where we're coming off of a, mm-hmm. a pandemic, lots of different challenges mm-hmm. in our society, there's a lot that's pulling people apart. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the unfortunate byproducts of that, that frustration mm-hmm. and rage has been a demonization mm-hmm. of the media. Right. And, and part of it, frankly, is the media's fault. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the media that that made a strategic decision to move away from neutrality, mm-hmm. to not simply be mm-hmm. uh, 
seeking out the facts mm-hmm. and putting them out, but actually advancing a political perspective mm-hmm. or right. a narrative mm-hmm. or, or not necessarily hard news, but mm-hmm. they're much more focused on analysis. But even, even in today's climate, we've moved away from a lot of the media outlets mm-hmm. providing analysis to instead providing, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say incitement, but mm-hmm. where they are pandering to their audience, mm-hmm. they are trying to advance a certain narrative. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that it's unfortunate because I'll, not all reporters are doing that. Right. And there's mm-hmm. only select outlets that are doing it. And mm-hmm. I think by and large, I agree with your assessment. Most reporters who are out there are just like every one of us. Mm-hmm. They're showing up every day and mm-hmm. trying to do the best job that they can. Mm-hmm. And it's incumbent upon a reporter who's actually living journalistic integrity mm-hmm. and 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 applying those ethics. You have a, a moral and ethical responsibility, not mm-hmm. just to get the story right, but also mm-hmm. to get both sides of a story. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people have an opportunity when you're working with a reporter, mm-hmm. you do have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much t- it's much tougher if you're talking about someone who's who's not. You know, you described thirty years ago mm-hmm. working with you know, network television, mm-hmm. on air reporters. There's an editorial process there. Mm-hmm. It's much harder in today's world right. because you have individuals who have no journalistic training. Mm-hmm. They just have a website, and mm-hmm. they may even have millions of people mm-hmm. right. who are getting information mm-hmm. from them who have no journalistic training Mm -hmm. and they feel no obligation to get Mm -hmm. both sides. But when you're dealing with a conventional news outlet, whether it's a newspaper or a Mm -hmm. TV station or an online outlet, there's an opportunity to go to them Mm -hmm. and to provide information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people are unhappy if they choose not to engage with a reporter, Mm -hmm. then the story comes out and they go, look, this is so unfair. Mm -hmm. The reporter got it wrong. Or the reporter didn't, you know, that's, this is so biased. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the way to avoid that happening? Right. Mm-hmm. It's to engage. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Don't to be defend. that line in there, contacted and refused uh, comment. <laughs> yes. Or either, you know, mm-hmm. what's even worse than that is, you know, the person said no comment. Mm-hmm. Or you get an individual right. who, who actually, you know, the camera gets shoved in, mm-hmm. in the guy's face and he says, no comment, no comment. Mm-hmm. That is pretty much the worst thing you can right. choose to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we as the consumers, as the viewers have learned is that means, ooh, guilty, guilty. They did it, guilty. That's right. Um, the assumption you know, is guilt. Mm-hmm, right. You know, and, and the, the hard part is for the, the major outlets. And, and again, you know, it can be your, your small town newspaper to, to you know, the, the CNNs, the Foxes, all of those they are competing with those bloggers, with the people, you know, and, and so sometimes they don't have time to fact check. So again, you know, if you have at least some basic information ready that you can give to them, then that, that shows, and even just reaching out to them to say, hey, you know, what can we do? That shows, you know, a, a great deal, again, of using that word respect on your part. You know, you recognize, hey, they've got a job to do. What can we do to, to help with that? We do. And, and, you know, I think what some people don't understand because they haven't been in a position where they're mm-hmm. working with the reporters, even if a reporter is reporting out a story, mm-hmm. which is likely to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. for you or your business, they, it doesn't necessarily make that individual the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a hostile exchange right. mm-hmm. with this individual. There are ways, even if they're, you know, take for example, what, what's gone on in, in recent weeks out on the West coast, there was a, a an, an oil leak mm-hmm. and, you know, the company knows that it's under fire for this. Right. They know mm-hmm. that they're facing bad press. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the company wanted to have mm-hmm. uh, the oil leaking into right. the water, nor <laughs> did they want the mm-hmm. media focused on that. Mm-hmm. But, if they have information about what they're doing to address the situation, mm-hmm. the, the, people people tend to get upset with the reporters, to mm-hmm. your point, who are, who are really just doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find the information. Right. They're trying to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean, even if you're you know, under, under duress mm-hmm. and you're experiencing a tough time in your business mm-hmm. and a reporter's asking uncomfortable questions, there's no need to escalate mm-hmm. 
from zero to a hundred and to take it into negativity. Mm-hmm. My personal look, I've, I've worked at places where that was the default was combativeness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spoke about the firm where, where I really cut my teeth on crisis PR. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a, a lot of what I saw there was a, what I viewed as a needless rush mm-hmm. to combat with the reporter. Right. Mm-hmm. The sky Escalate is falling. The, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and really not even just that, but I mean, personal hostility toward mm-hmm. the reporter, right. insulting the individual oh. or mm-hmm. leapfrogging him mm-hmm. or her and, mm-hmm. and saying, look, you're, you're clearly, you know, I want to talk to your editor. I'm going right to go now. to your Put boss. Your mm-hmm. So it's not my style mm-hmm. and it's not what I teach and coach mm-hmm. among my team members. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's just my upbringing. I was, I was born and raised in the deep South in mm-hmm. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And there, even if you disagree with someone, look, the South has plenty of problems, and right. plenty of things to critique. But what I will say is a credit to the Southerners mm-hmm. is um, even if you disagree, you can do it politely and with right. a smile mm-hmm. and you don't have to resort to personal insults. Mm-hmm. And right. I think you, when you it, may when look at him and media, say, well, bless your heart. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Instead of telling the person, look, you're a complete idiot mm-hmm. and you got it completely wrong, mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, I, I think there's another side. Right. I think you're missing you're missing the point here. Mm-hmm. Or here's something that that it's clear to me mm-hmm. you don't understand. And so mm-hmm. I want to help you understand it. Mm-hmm. There are ways to deal with people and, and think about it also just in terms of interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. Who among us wants to be in an argument or to feel like there's conflict? Mm-hmm. When you can simply have a discussion, right. you and I may, mm-hmm. may I, I presume there are certain issues where you and I, we probably can, don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guess what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to have the conversation right. with you. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we're at war with one another. Mm-hmm. It just means we can discuss it. And, and unfortunately, you know, American society right now is, is so there's such stratification mm-hmm. and, and it, it does make me it, it concerns me greatly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger issue than just the communications, right. PR, crisis mm-hmm. communications. It's something that's really impacting every mm-hmm. asset and mm-hmm. every facet of our society. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to take a deep breath mm-hmm. and we really need to think hard right. about public discourse in this mm-hmm. country and how we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. What are the types of things that we put on bumper stickers and that we show Mm-hmm. those around us. Mm-hmm. What are we, what are, what messages are we sending mm-hmm. to children? Mm-hmm. Are we showing them the best of who we are right. as a country mm-hmm. or are we allowing Americans to look at other Americans mm-hmm. as the other and the right. enemy? Mm-hmm. And right now that's really what we're oh, doing. And it's yeah, really I mean, things and, and you know, this you're in DC. So obviously you, you see this a lot. I mean, the, the politicization, politicization, <laughs> politicization. That's it. I missed a ziz in there Um, of things is just incredible, Um, you know, and, 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 and heartbreaking. Um, You know, I spent, now this has been a a while ago, um, but I, I was a lobbyist for a couple of years in in Colorado with the the state. Um, And, you know, we knew that we absolutely had to get along with the other side Whatever the issue was, if we wanted things to proceed, um, you know, and 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 did we argue? Did we fight? Yes, um, you know, we and we definitely you know fought on behalf of our clients, but we still knew that we had to we still had to work together. So we might win on this one issue, but we not we might need to give a little on the next one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, the whole and and you know we we won't. This isn't a political debate, but you know, like the whole vaccine issue, the whole mask issue. All of those things that have become just so politicized, it it really does. It just baffles me. I'm like, you know, when I, I I had grumpy old men. Now I have health issues. So I wear my mask all the time. I've had my booster shot, all those various things. But I still wear my mask pretty much all the time. And I had grumpy old man, the curmudgeon, right, who, mm-hmm. who jumped me about wearing a mask. And and I finally said, I'm sorry, What what does it matter to you? If I wear my mask, I mean, where, how am I harming you? And he, and, and left, but um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's so bizarre. And, and I do think that Facebook, social media, all of these things has made it worse 
because we think that that screen, that monitor is a shield and it gives us the, the ability and maybe even the right to say what we want, to call people names, yeah. to say these things, because they're never going to see us. And we see that happening with things like reviews, you know, where yes. somebody will go to, you know, to, to somebody's business page or to Google Yelp, all those various things. And they will say the most horrible things because they know that there's really nothing that's going to happen. I mean, yes, there are some legal ramifications. If you say things that are, you know, just obviously something that, that legal action can be taken on, but you know, they, people do tend to, and I see it, right. You see it all the time too. You know, we, we see these things. And it's just like, didn't you, didn't your mother teach you any manners? <laughs> that's right. Or if you, you know, whatever happened to that maxim, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't mm-hmm. say it at all. Well, that, right. that, saying it goes back a lot longer than Twitter, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. coming up with the best zinger mm-hmm. or, you know, mocking someone mm-hmm. else, is, it's become a sport. Mm-hmm. But what people fail to, to keep in mind is, you know, there are consequences mm-hmm. and real life consequences right. to that kind of discourse. Mm-hmm. And words do matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we've seen mm-hmm. in our society you know, increased acrimony mm-hmm. and we're just, we're, we're allowing ourselves to devolve mm-hmm. and we're playing into the hands actually of, of, of countries that want to do us harm right. and want to see mm-hmm. us fail. Yeah. I'm and sure that they're kind of even in there poking a bit, right? Mm-hmm. They are 100% with, with, as Americans rip each other apart mm-hmm. and we tear ourselves up mm-hmm. from the inside. That's exactly mm-hmm. what the Russians want to see. Right. I mean, this is this is you know they're masters at this, mm-hmm. and you know to your point, I can give you a concrete example that I even happened in my own small town where mm-hmm. I live in the suburbs here, where there was there was a certain guy and he was mm-hmm. agitating against a political candidate mm-hmm. for the mayor mm-hmm. mayor race. I mean, what's the pretty small potatoes in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and. He was saying really hateful personal things and mm-hmm. accusing one of the candidates of unethical behavior mm-hmm. and basically calling her a criminal. Ooh. And and it and her husband was mm-hmm. deeply upset by right. that. Mm-hmm. And he confronted the individual oh dear. face to face in real life mm-hmm. at a park in mm-hmm. the town. And the guy was the the agitator was taken aback, mm-hmm. and once that situation was eventually diffused, mm-hmm. he went back to his keyboard mm-hmm. and he talked about how he could not believe that the candidate's husband had confronted him. Of course, and, attacked and him. How, how dare he? Mm-hmm. And he actually said in his post, "I would never mm-hmm. get in someone's face or say those things to them." Mm-hmm you know, the way that he did, mm-hmm. I would never confront someone mm-hmm. in, in real life like mm-hmm. that. I might raise issues online mm-hmm. and I may say things here on mm-hmm. Facebook. So again, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Someone will sit at home on a keyboard mm-hmm. and level the most outrageous oh, accusations uh-huh. and say the most horrible mm-hmm. things, but they do it largely because mm-hmm. they know that the 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 odds that there's mm-hmm. going to be a consequence to that are small mm-hmm. and they wouldn't necessarily have the guts to do it right. you know because it mm-hmm. could spark a confrontation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even violence but you know to this point of violence you know what people don't understand when they try to either attack people online mm-hmm. or or even cancel them as mm-hmm. part of this increased mm-hmm. cancel culture we're mm-hmm. seeing is Words, words matter and they mm-hmm. can have real safety consequences. Right. So we've counseled some clients mm-hmm. who a video was, was posted online mm-hmm. that didn't, didn't paint them in the best mm-hmm. light. And guess what? We all have moments in our lives mm-hmm. where if we had to take them back, if we had right. to do it differently, we mm-hmm. would. And I think if you were to ask this individual, in fact, I know because mm-hmm. I asked him, look, if you could take it back, you know, would mm-hmm. you have said it the way that you said mm-hmm. it? Would you have behaved that way? Right. And the answer was, no, of course not. No, I, it, I was, was caught up moment. in the moment. Caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. But what happened? The person gets exposed. Mm-hmm. It goes, it goes online. It mm-hmm. goes viral. People dox him. Mm-hmm. They post his address Ooh. online. They say, 
We've been researching. This is who this individual is. Mm -hmm. This is his business. Mm -hmm. Let's put them out of business. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you've got people attacking Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. his space, throwing bricks through the window, calling Mm -hmm. the home in the middle of the night, threatening to kill him Mm -hmm. and his family members. Mm -hmm. These are the, this is the dark side of cancel Mm -hmm. culture that people, I think sometimes don't even realize the consequences and the potential Mm -hmm. negative repercussions Mm -hmm. of being so virulent Mm -hmm. in what they say online. Right. It can threaten lives and it does. It does, you know, and, and, you know, and I think one of the things that really bothers me about cancel culture, and let's be honest, it happens both sides. Again, this is, this is not political. You know, we we see it happen in a, you know, it's, it's not just sides or, you know, all sorts of things. When people go back 10, 15 years and look at somebody's social media posts, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, college sports person, especially college football. And, you know, so, and, and, you know, we obviously saw this with professional also, you know, when, when people are going back years to see what somebody said, or, you know, a, a Halloween costume that they wore 15, 20 years ago and, and using it now against them, that bothers me, but it's, it's, you know, it's also one of those things. And you talk about this in, in your book, where those challenges can be opportunities, you know, and, and so, you know, say somebody goes back and finds, you know, a a tweet that you did 20 years ago that you used language. You shouldn't, I guess you couldn't tweet that long ago, but you know what I mean? Um, You posted it online somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, instead of doing that, wasn't me, I love the people, wasn't me. I don't care. Even if you were paying someone to manage your accounts, you know, you still should have oversight of them. Um, but you know, it, in you know, that's when you say, you know what, I did, I did write that. That was incredibly stupid, and here is what I have done and learned since then. And that's where you use that as that opportunity, you know. And and so even if it's a business that maybe had you know a bad track record, now they say, okay, here is what we have done to fix that. Um, all of those things. That's where it becomes that opportunity. And 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 it the big thing is acknowledging that it happened. And that's really hard, especially when you get the <clears throat> lawyers involved. Um, and I love, I was looking through your, your uh, employee list. You have an attorney on staff um, because we do, we need those people. You know, they, they really are there for our best interests. But, you know, it, 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 when you acknowledge it and say, you know what, my bad, but here's what I've done since then. People are like, oh, okay. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, somewhere along the line, in this country, it became a negative mm-hmm. to change your mind. Right. Why? Why right. is that? Why can't we grow? We can, mm-hmm. and we should. Mm-hmm. And things that I thought mm-hmm. when I was a college student, mm-hmm. maybe you know, some of them are the same today, mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. of them have evolved. Right. And there were things that I, I felt a certain way about mm-hmm. in my twenties, and mm-hmm. maybe now in my forties, I feel differently. Mm-hmm. And I can change my mind mm-hmm. about certain issues. And unfortunately, you know, people hold it up as, oh, look, he's flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we can't believe what he's saying now because mm-hmm. he said something mm-hmm. different before. Right. And there's, uh, you know, whatever happened to, to changing your mind, mm-hmm. you should still be allowed to do that. And companies, right. you know, companies... I'm not, I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth like uh, Mitt Romney and say, mm-hmm. you know, corporations are people, but b- businesses, companies, even small companies, mm-hmm. they're comprised of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just like people, mm-hmm. there's not a single one of us walking on this planet mm-hmm. who hasn't done or said something that was wrong right. at some point. That we, wouldn't, and anyone, that we wouldn't want the world to know about. Every single one of mm-hmm. us. That's part of being human. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to become, I think, more understanding mm-hmm. and we need to recognize that every one of us is fallible mm-hmm. and we've all done or said something mm-hmm. that if we had to go back and do it, we would do it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've, I've, one of my regrets was in middle school. It still bothers me mm-hmm. that I, I teased some people in my middle school mm-hmm. and, you know, I made comments to someone mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have. And even today, mm-hmm. you know, 
three plus decades later, it bothers Mm -hmm. me because I hurt somebody's feelings Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. And so every single one of us has things Mm -hmm. in our past and and even today that maybe we're not necessarily Mm -hmm. proud of. Mm -hmm. And what people need to understand to your point about companies that do make mistakes is Mm -hmm. admitting that you made a, an error mm-hmm. is not weakness right. and it's not bad and it mm-hmm. doesn't need to stain your brand forever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would argue you get more credibility mm-hmm. and you are more authentic mm-hmm. and more true mm-hmm. if you recognize mm-hmm. that you've ha- you've done, you, ha- you haven't right. lived up to your brand promise mm-hmm. at some point, but actions speak louder mm-hmm. than words. Since that time, what mm-hmm. have you done to set it right? What right. have you done to change it? What have mm-hmm. you done to address mm-hmm. that culture within your organization, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be? And look, we, every one of us um, has things we can and should do differently. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to treat, I think, one another with a little bit mm-hmm. more grace and understanding mm-hmm. because there's not a single person among us who has always done and said the right thing. Right, right. You know, and now if if that continues, you know that that bad behavior. Well, that's different. Um, you know, and 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 we've certainly seen that with people. Um, you know, and 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 all of what we're saying applies to individuals as well as companies. I mean, you know, we all have our personal brands, we have our personal reputations. Um, you know, and and so all of this is is just as important. But you know, I tell people if, if you would not say something to someone's face. Don't write it, and I don't care. Email, social media, whatever. You know, if if you don't have the the gumption, <laughs> we'll use the you know a politically yep. correct term, to to yeah. say it to their face, then you shouldn't type it. Um, you know, and 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 it and it is just kind of you know take that that moment and pause. Now, you know, you might actually type it out. I mean, how many times have we done this? We've and, and I tell people don't, you know, especially if you're doing an email, don't put anybody in the send because then, you know, you can, you, you don't accidentally send it, but get it out of your system and then go, okay, now we're going to respond more appropriately. And sometimes getting those, that anger and venting, I mean, it does kind of sometimes help clarify what you're thinking about, but then when you take that pause, you can go, oh, okay. We're not going to call their mother names, <laughs> you know, right? You know, and and things like that. Um, you know, but and and you know the the thing, and I think this is important too. Sometimes we still need that passion, you know, because it shows that we care. Um, it just has to be directed in more a positive way. Yes, I think that's right, and you know, we see every day people burn down their personal brand mm-hmm. or burn down their business mm-hmm. by what they say on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had the opportunity a, a number of years back to give a Ted talk mm-hmm. and it was called how we risk our lives mm-hmm. online. Oh, you talked about this in your book. I love this. Mm-hmm. I did. I mentioned it there too. And mm-hmm. and this is something that I talk about, you know, I, I give talks at schools mm-hmm. and, and to parents mm-hmm. and because as a parent to two relatively young kids mm-hmm. myself, I'm, I'm very concerned about mm-hmm. right. you know, not just what they're accessing on mm-hmm. the internet, but I'm deeply concerned because of, of the kind of work that mm-hmm. I do as, a, as the CEO of a crisis mm-hmm. management right. firm. I see every day people who, ru- who literally destroy their lives because of what they say or do online. And it's actually really simple in order to uh, prevent destroying your company's mm-hmm. brand by what you say online. And mm-hmm. that's two, two rules. When it comes to what you're going to post online, mm-hmm. share with care and post with purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you adhere to those two rules and you're careful about what mm-hmm. you share and you make sure that before I hit send on this, mm-hmm. what's the reason behind this? What mm-hmm. do I hope to get out of right. saying this mm-hmm. thing? And if you just give yourself that, that moment to mm-hmm. gut check and, and to think and mm-hmm. to p- hit pause mm-hmm. before you hit post, mm-hmm. it can make the difference mm-hmm. between, you know, showing people a side of you that's ugly and doesn't mm-hmm. represent you mm-hmm. or your company versus taking a more measured approach, mm-hmm. waiting a beat and saying, you know what, to your point, you know, if, if, if I weren't going to say this to someone's mm-hmm. face, if they were sitting here with me, why mm-hmm. would I say it online? Right. If, if would I be comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knowing that I, I have to own these words, mm-hmm. 
And it's a challenge and it's a challenge for business owners. Anyone who has mm -hmm. someone ma managing your social media, mm -hmm. whether it's in-house or it's someone, an agency that's doing mm -hmm. it for you, it's really, really um, important to consider that person is, is your brand. Mm -hmm. They are right. speaking for you. Mm -hmm. Every single tweet, every Facebook mm -hmm. post, every comment, mm -hmm. every blog post, it all is articulating mm -hmm. your brand. Mm -hmm. So you better make darn sure that what your brand is representing and, and, and who's representing mm -hmm. you is, is how you want to be perceived. Right. You know, I keep that in mind with my own personal social media because I'm a consultant to others. And, and some of them are actually my Facebook friends, you know, things like that. And But I tell people, you know, uh, my mother, who's 89, looks at my Facebook page pretty much every day. So I better behave myself. But more importantly, I think, you know, if my clients or potential clients were to see a personal post from me, what would they think? Um, you know, and, and it, I, it's, it's, it's a catch 22 because I tell people, you know, we need to be authentic to ourselves. And, you know, if you feel passionate about something, you know, I'm not saying don't post it, but again, think about it first. How is it going to come across? Even just things like clicking like, you know, I, I saw a story last week where um, a, a big country artist, and I don't remember the name, so I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say it. She had clicked like on a controversial video. That's all she did. No comment, no anything. And it probably wasn't even her. It was probably, you know, who knows? Um, right. And she got lambasted in the media or not in the media. She got lambasted online for simply clicking like. And, and, and I tell people, you know, that's, that is, the, the, you know, the trolls of the world are big and hairy and scary, and they love to, to damage people for whatever reason. Yeah, it's true. It's mm -hmm. it's taking people out and mm -hmm. taking them down a peg. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we could spend a whole show talking about the psychology of that mm -hmm. and why why they why people derive pleasure from seeing the misfortune of others. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, it's you're right. Every act, mm -hmm. every every activity, mm -hmm. you're being judged by that. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're putting out there, every like, every comment, etc., which right. just illustrates, you know, it's, it's hard and it becomes exhausting also mm -hmm. because, you know, to your point, there's this catch 22. On mm -hmm. the one hand, you want to be authentic. You mm -hmm. want to be who you are. And there's nothing wrong with having an opinion mm -hmm. and wanting to share it. And, mm -hmm. and you can rest assured that if you take a position, mm -hmm. there are going to be plenty of people who don't agree with you and they're mm -hmm. going to take the opposite right. tack. Mm -hmm. um, and so it becomes very hard and mm -hmm. very exhausting to be on guard mm -hmm. and ever vigilant. But Unfortunately, that's just the world that we live mm -hmm. in today. And until things change or or uh, fundamentally shift, mm -hmm. we just have to, you know, this is the world. Mm -hmm. These are the rules. And we just need to adopt mm -hmm. different behaviors and adapt to the situation. Right. Because I, I think it was, I don't remember if it was Ben Franklin who said it, but a lot of people have, I think it was him, but a lot of people have said it since in some version, which is, you know, your reputation, you, it, it, it can take a lifetime to build up mm -hmm. a reputation and only minutes to lose it. Right. And that's, that's true mm -hmm. today more than ever before. Right. right. Well, oh my gosh, now that we've scared everybody half to death, you know, and, and they're, they're really going to be ostriches and they're going to hide. You know, that's, that's not our point. Our point is like we were saying at the very start, you just need to be prepared. Um, you know, I, I was, was sharing that, you know, I, I have clients that when they get a negative review online, you know, the first thing you want, first thing they want to do is delete it. And I tell them, no, can't do that, you know, because the services are providing an unbiased review, which means negative as, as well as positive. And I tell them, I don't care what is said. We, as the, the, the company need to respond. And, and I said, and you're not really responding for the person who posted because almost always they never respond again. They went, tick, 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 tick. they typed at midnight after they'd had a couple scotches and they were done. Right. You're posting it for the people who read it afterwards. You know, so when you empathize, when when you say those words, I'm sorry, which I know lawyers don't like those two words, but you know, sometimes you do need to say I'm sorry. But you know, what what we always do too is, you know, I tell them. Here's, here's how we resolve the situation if possible. I mean, sometimes you can't, but I almost always say, here's who to call. And I give them a name and a phone number. 
And I say, here's who to call because we would love to discuss this with you further. They never, ever, ever, ever do it. Knock on wood. You know, they they just don't do it. But again, it's for those other people who read it to go, okay, they responded. Um, Same thing, you know, with, with media, all of those various things. We just want to know that the company cares. And I think that really is what it comes down to is when something bad happens, and as we've said, it's going to happen. We just want to know that there's, you know, you, you know, companies are made of people. As you said, we want to know that those people care. That's right. I agree. There's nothing I can say better than how you just said it. I agree with everything. I love it. See, I got, I, it's, I read your book. I mean, you know, yeah, I have been doing this 30 years, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's a scary world out there folks, but it is also so good. I mean, you know, as we mentioned, you can take some of these and turn them into opportunities to say, here's what we have done. Um, you know, take a, take a look at us now. Isn't there a song There's somewhere that, you know, um, and, and those various things, but you know, there are times where you think, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Help, help. So you need to contact somebody like Evan. And, you know, and and so Evan, tell us more about how people reach you and connect with you and then the services that you provide. Sure. Well, look, I just happen to have on my table here a copy of my book. There is the book, Crisis so Averted. one thing mm-hmm. you can do is pick up a copy of this book. Mm-hmm. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. Amazon. It's a quick read, folks, but great information. But this is probably the key thing I would tell Mm -hmm. you to have Mm -hmm. to make sure that you don't have an issue. Right. So you can download the book. You can listen to it on Audible, et cetera. Have the book. It gives you tons of ideas of Mm -hmm. things you can do on your own so that you don't have to hire an outside Mm -hmm. consultant. You don't have to call me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call anyone. You can do a lot of these things yourself. Uh, We talk about a lot of these issues of Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. We assess whether companies are doing a good job or Mm -hmm. a questionable job handling crises. We talk about it on our website. You can visit us at Mm redbanyan.com to check out our blog, see what we're talking about. I'm, I'm, you know, we're also very active on social media ourselves, Mm -hmm. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those different channels, Mm -hmm. because in this day and age, you got to be tools mm-hmm. exist and you have to be there. You mm-hmm. have to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I love, I can't believe that we just spent almost an hour talking about this. It flew I by know. so quickly. Holy schmoly. I kept thinking, you know, thump, thump the timer. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. But you know, this is my passion. This is what I'm interested in. I love mm-hmm. people and companies are made of people and entrepreneurs and business owners Mm -hmm. are people who are willing to do what most people are not, Mm -hmm. which is to risk it all and put themselves out there and Mm -hmm. and try to create a better life for themselves Mm -hmm. and their families and their clients. And so I tip my hat to all of your readers, anyone who's out there who either is working for himself or herself Mm -hmm has started a business or, or is leading in an entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. style within another company. And, you know, look, I I loved being here with you to talk about this stuff today. And, and I just hope that folks who are tuning in, you know, got some ideas. Mm -hmm. Maybe we helped avert one crisis Mm -hmm. today because someone before Mm -hmm. they hit send on that controversial statement, maybe Mm -hmm. they'll think twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we can help someone uh, prevent stepping in it before they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, the reason I wrote the book was was to help people mm-hmm. and to to help people navigate this increasingly challenging, tough world that we're mm-hmm. living in, um, and hopefully, you know, empower folks so that that, that they can do good in the world. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. You know, and and folks, it really is something that is pretty easy. To prepare for, you know, just sit down and think, what would happen if? And some some are things, you know, uh, that you know, if you get a bad customer re- review, if you if you have, um, you know, an employee that that you have a situation with. I mean, you know, as as Evan was saying, there are universal situations that that happen, and so you can be prepared for it. We're not saying spend hours and hours doing it, but you know, kind of. Think it through. Also think, okay, who would we call? What would we do? I mean, you know, in many cases, it might be, hey, we need to call someone like Evan. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, not not to dissuade you from calling Evan, but hopefully 
it doesn't reach that that point, um, you know, and and you have been able to to deal with it. But it is nice to know that uh, that there are organizations like Red Banyan that can step in and say, okay, here's what we can do. And and I love in your book you talk about the fact that as that you know as 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 a crisis firm, it's not well. We'll call you within 24 hours. You know, it's okay. We're here. Um, you know, and and so I love that because. You know, in this day and age, we can't wait 24 hours. 20, 24 hours is too late. There's right. a, you know, a life. Yeah, we used to call passes. it a news cycle, and now that's the news cycle is what, 28 minutes, seconds? <laughs> it's relentless, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's the world we live in, and so we have to adapt. Right. I love it. Well, Evan, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Any final thoughts? I just, I, I'm maybe this, maybe this comes off as a little, uh, to feel good or, or to, uh, I don't know, hippie like, but I'm just, I'm feeling a lot, a tremendous sense of gratitude today. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you about Mm -hmm. this and, and, you know, to have the opportunity to be on your show and and to speak directly with some of your listeners Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully, you know, I do believe that we're, we're having a tough time in the Mm -hmm. country at the moment, but there's a lot of good people here Mm -hmm. and a lot of great companies And I know that, you know, every one of us, if we do our part and we try to make this world a little kinder, a little bit more understanding, and we, we just, um, do the right thing, it's going to lift all of us up. And that's my, that's my hope today. And that's kind of the, that's my closing thought of today. That's the headspace I'm in. I love it. And this really has been a delightful conversation. Um, I have been talking with Evan Neiman of Red Banyan. I've just about combined all the words into one. Again, Evan Neerman from Red Banyan. Um, I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.